I'd like to welcome everyone to Software Spotlight, your front row seat to the latest innovations in AI-powered software for small business. I'm Michael Burnswag, your host, and each week we are joined by executives at leading software companies to get an insider's perspective on the emerging technologies, business strategies, and market trends shaping the future. Tune in to stay ahead of the curve on leveraging artificial intelligence to boost productivity and growth in your business. Be sure to visit our website, softwareoasis.com, to access our free weekly AI newsletter and sign up for our upcoming 2024 AI webinar series. And joining us today, we have Olaf Pearson. He's the founder of WordFinder Software, and uh, he established the company in 1990, and it has grown into an industry leader in dictionary and terminology solutions, serving over 25,000 businesses and a half million users globally, with a vision to create the Spotify for dictionaries. Person has made WordFinder an indispensable reference tool that provides instant access to dictionaries in 28 languages. Under his leadership, WordFinder has expanded from a Scandinavian-focused company into a truly global SaaS provider, enabling effective communication for translation agencies, freelance translators, multinational corporations, and more worldwide. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you here. So It's a I pleasure know- to be invited. Oh, wonderful! And I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners have been um, following the solution, and uh, clearly, you had the solution prior to the internet. So uh, I think you know the the growth and the trajectory has has been uh, really, really incredible. And I was hoping we can give people an insider's peek into uh, what inspired you to uh, start WordFinder and uh, and what you can tell us about the, the background. Sure. Uh, I was working in another software company selling school administrating software, scheduling uh, student administration in the late 80s. And in the beginning of you know, 89, 90, I was responsible for the, uh, the, the Belgian market. And I was working with a company in Antwerp Uh, And I was communicating with them in English. And this is before the email time. So that was faxes. We were sending faxes back and forth to each other. Sure. And when there was a word I didn't know, I was too lazy to go to the bookshelf five, six meters away. I wanted to have the dictionary on the screen. So instead, I rewrote if there was a word I didn't know, I rewrote the sentence with words that I knew. So I just explained what I wanted to say. So sometimes one word became two sentences, but that was how I was doing. And then at one point we were sitting uh, four guys on a balcony drinking beer. Two of them were programmers and we started to discussing why can't we have the dictionary on the screen at the same time when we are typing? And the programmer said, "That that is no problem. We can do that. And so two of us left that company and started WordFinder in 1990 with the idea to have a dictionary, uh, a memory-resistant dictionary. So this is the time when you use DOS. Windows was not even used in, in Scandinavia at all because it's before Windows 3.0. And so we have a primary-resistant 
word finder tool that only sure. took seven kilobytes in the primary memory, and you could use it to any DOS application. Then when Windows came in 91, here in Sweden, the, in 91, Windows it killed all the other applications and Word became the, the word processor to use before WordPerfect in DOS was the application that everybody was using. Sure. So we had to do a Windows version that we launched in 91. So then it was a program that worked for Windows and worked together with any other Windows applications. Got 93, it. we came with a Mac application and, and then we continued. So the software is available on the screen when you're typing. You can paste in the, the word, the translation that you want, and you can continue right. Very, very efficient to work with. So I know they say uh, six months on the internet is is like a decade in any other industry, but uh, you uh, you were there before the internet and obviously had uh, had a solution that uh, gets to the same end, end goal, but in a different different way at the beginning. That, that's interesting. Yeah, you, yeah, you see, it, DOS is completely different what Windows is, but also most people only had a twenty megabyte hard drive. And we were delivering the software on diskettes, floppy diskettes, five and a quarter inch diskettes. So the, our first dictionary was Swedish to English, only one direction, Swedish to English. It was okay. five megabytes on the hard drive. Most people only had a 20 megabyte hard drive. So it was a quarter of the hard drive wow. to, to just install the software. And we had to deliver it on 14 floppy disks. So you had to put in one disk wow. after each other 14 times to install the software. That's crazy. So who were some of the early adopters? And um, have you seen similar types of um, users today? Or has it changed drastically? No, it's the same type of users. It was uh, technicians uh, in, in large multinational corporations, starting at the end with technicians that wrote a lot in English. Translators, of course, have always been a group. And then schools came because you, you study um, English in school, so you need to have a dictionary available. But it's the same type of clients. Multinational corporations, um, law firms, accounting firms, uh, banks and insurance companies, uh, organizations and institutions like the European Commission is a client of ours, for example. Embassies. So so really, any any person who is writing where the words are very meaningful and especially in in law or finance where one misplaced word can have uh, very big implications so it's really sounds like it's, it's super important for people that um, that need to communicate accurately and effectively yeah it's it's very important that you use the right word especially when you have legal documents but also in other type of text as well and most of the time, people are buying it because they are writing in a, in a foreign language. Sure. Uh, but you could also, even if you're writing in your, your native language, we have monolingual dictionaries uh, in English, for example, from uh, Collins English Dictionary and Collins English Disorder. You need to find a, another perspective to the word. And sometimes you need to understand something you're reading as well. What it, does this uh, word mean? I know a friend of mine in the U.S., he was reading... Um, literature i think it was the uh, it, it was a tv series that is going now uh, in, in the us but he read the book and that was a lot of strange word that he, and he is american uh, sure. but he it was still strange word that he didn't know so he looked them up in collins english dictionary all the time using 
the mobile phone for a version of Warfinder. Very nice. Now, let me ask you, what what was the original need that you saw in the marketplace that uh, WordFinder really aims to address? The need was actually the same need that I, I had on my own, was that I wanted to write uh, messages. It was faxes in this time in English. And when there is a word I don't know, I just press a hotkey, write it in Swedish, and I get a translation in English. And you paste in it right away and you continue to write. So it's not that you you have to go to a website and you have to go to your browser. You look it up because you lose a lot of yeah, time. All integrated, all in that one. Everything is integrated and, and, and it works all. with any Windows application. So you can be in, in Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, or any other Windows application that is not Microsoft application. As long as it's built on, on Windows standard, WordFinder will work interactively with all these different applications. And the same if you're using a Mac. It will, it will work with any Mac applications. You know, it's interesting because if you think before the facts, you had the telex where, where you were paying per We word. were actually using that at that right? time as well. Yep. You know, and... when, when we booked hotel in Eastern Europe at that time in the, the late 80s, we had to make reservation to hotel in, in tele, uh, telex. You know, and, and I would say that the modern version, whether whether anyone realizes it or not, the modern version of a telex might be Twitter or, or X. Yeah. Right? We're, huh? we're the, 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 the short messages. The content is very short. Yeah. So um, I would think when you have a very short message, your choice of words is uh, even even more meaningful. So uh, very interesting. So that that could be your your next integration, a, a Twitter integration. It works. It works for Twitter already. So we, yeah. we, the good thing is that the software is built that it works on your computer. Doesn't matter what software you're in. So we don't need to integrate it to right. different application. It works with any application. So so you can use it for Twitter as well. Very nice. Very nice. Well, it's a different different application, shall we say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> very interesting. So as far as um, you know, product development. As, as you've obviously gone from uh, a, a very offline solution to an online solution, um, can you walk me through the process of how WordFinder was originally developed and what the key milestones were in terms of challenges that you faced and, and all of that getting to where you are today? From, from the beginning, uh, uh, as I said, uh, the first version took one quarter of a hard drive. So we had to discuss, should we compress the dictionary or, but then the search time would be longer and we wanted to have instantly access to the dictionary. But that sure. problem disappeared rapidly because the hard drive uh, space exploded over the years. So it's not been any problem after that. Um, then then it was the, the space. First, we had five and a quarter inch diskettes. Then we had three and a half inch diskettes. Then we had CD-ROM. When we got CD-ROM, we could, all the dictionaries that we had, we can put them on the same CD-ROM. And then the users, when they bought it, they could get key codes. So just open the dictionaries that they bought. Then later on, it came DVD. So we could have both Windows uh, dictionaries and Mac dictionaries and Mac applications and Windows applications on the same disk. And then we came, we had downloads. So we had to follow this all the time. So 
Then we had a storage house. They were sending out these diskettes, the packages with CD-ROMs and so, so on. So for a physical distribution. Physical distribution. Wow. And we had that for a long time. And then it came that you sent a download link to the client. So when they bought something, you sent a download link. They could download it uh, themselves. And then about 10, 10, 12 years ago, we went over to subscription. So instead of selling anything, uh, you subscribe to the dictionary. But in the beginning, you had to subscribe to uh, dictionaries. You had to pick the dictionaries you wanted to subscribe on. Because from the beginning, I was signing license agreement with publishers. So I, I, I went to all these conferences for Frankfurt Book Fair, London Book Fair, to sign agreements with publishing houses to get their dictionary into the portfolio. And the agreement with the publishing house is what? That they got a royalty based on the revenue of the dictionaries that we sold. Then in about 10 years ago, I started to figure out that this, I, I want to have all the dictionaries together. When sure. you buy, you get all the dictionaries. But then I had to figure out a royalty solution for the publishers. So instead of giving them royalty based on uh, the sales of their dictionary, we had to calculate the searches in their dictionary. And we had to calculate a royalty to them. So they get a royalty based on a calculated revenue or the dictionaries as well. And when I started in 2012, I had this idea. I started to renegotiate agreements with publishers. And then when I had got most of the public, we developed what we call today WordFinder Unlimited. So okay. WordFinder Unlimited was launched the 1st of January 2017. And it includes more than 500 dictionaries. So when you subscribe... It's, we call it Spotify for dictionaries. So it's almost the same when you subscribe to WordFinder Unlimited. You get more than 500 dictionaries. When you start using it, you do in Spotify, you create a playlist with the songs you want to listen to. But in WordFinder, you create a dictionary list with the dictionaries you want to work with because you don't want to work with 500 dictionaries. Maybe you want to work with five or 10 dictionaries. So you, you pick a list, a, a dictionary list. These dictionaries are available in all the different WordFinder applications. Because when you subscribe, you get a Mac version, you get a Windows version, desktop applications that you can download to your PC or your Mac, and you can use it offline as well. So it's a subscription-based dictionary service, but you can use these applications offline. You also sure. get apps for iPhone, iPad, Android phones, and tablets. And you get, we also have in an... Uh, what do you? Uh, we have for Chrome. And, sure, oh, like a, and, an extension. An extension for Chrome. Yeah. We have that as yeah. well. Um, and of course, we have an online version that you use your browser to. But all this, all this application is included in WordFinder Unlimited, and it works with all the different Windows or Mac applications. And you have more than five hundred dictionaries in twenty-eight languages uh, to choose from. And recently, we also added a translation engine to this. So you can also translate texts uh, in WordFinder. Uh, very, very efficient. You just highlight the text, press the hotkey, and it will translate it for you. Wow, that's incredible. So so let me ask you, uh, with, with such a volume of dictionaries, and I have to assume, you know, over 500 dictionaries, you have some very specialized dictionaries maybe for... For, for legal or for technical writing or medical or different types of, of dictionaries. 
Um, how how do you select the dictionaries based on on the quality of the resource? Or I mean, I'm sure there aren't many many more people in the world that that have a a, a better grasp on the, on the quality of of a, of a you know a selection than yourself. How, how do you what's the process that you go through to, to pick partners? First, when we we look at it and like a new language, if we want dictionary for a new uh, uh, language, we're looking at Turkish now. For example, we're discussing with Turkish publishers. So, of course, we want the largest uh, general dictionary. So, we always focus on getting the largest uh, general dictionaries, but then we also want specialized dictionaries. So, mm-hmm. we want technical dictionaries. We want uh, Business dictionary, financial dictionaries, legal dictionaries, medical dictionaries. The more specialized dictionary we have in one language, the better we sell, of course, because the portfolio sure. is better in the that language category. To, it's to more valuable yeah. because then then the user gets this uh, all these dictionaries that they can use. Uh, and, and in some languages, like in Swedish and German, we have really specialized technical dictionaries. I think in Swedish, to to um, English, German, French, Spanish, we have like 30 different, very, very small specialized dictionaries. So we have like waste management, nuclear sure. energy, all these kinds of um, glass dictionary, uh, paper dictionary from what f- all the terms from you cut down a tree until it becomes paper. Wow. All the, that terminology is in one dictionary. So it's a, it's a very, very specific terminology. We've also uh, something called IATE, Interactive Terminology for Europe. This is something that the European Commission has created starting in the late 90s to make a term base for all the member states. Swedish to English has about 400,000 terms. English to French has 1.4 million terms. And this is terms for transportation, uh, legal terms, business terms, um, healthcare terms, all kinds of terms that have been in any EU document. They've made a, yeah. And all that is available in WordFinder as well. So you, if you pick IATE from English to French, for example, and then Larousse, French-English dictionary, you can create a group with these and it's searching both of them at the same time. And out of curiosity, I, I would assume that some dictionaries, like I would think, uh, you know, some of the American dictionaries are updated every year. Other dictionaries are very specialized and are probably not updated as quite as often. Um, do people that are on the Word Finder Unlimited, as he had mentioned, receive updates to the the dictionaries over time, or how does that? Yes, work? all the time. So as soon as we update a, a dictionary, it will be uploaded to our server, and it will automatically, if you use the online version, you see the new version right away. But if you use it you download the desktop application and you might have even downloaded the dictionary, it will automatically download the new updates for you. So you always have the latest version of the dictionary. But then it's it's depending. Some publishing houses update every uh, fifth year. Some do yeah. it every year. So it's it's very different. But when there is an update, the user will get it. So, so prior to WordFinder, what was the traditional distribution mechanism for a lot of these dictionaries. I, I know a lot of the dictionaries here in the States go back hundreds of years, but uh, I'm sure in other other parts of the world, it's, it's very similar. How, how were these products originally sold and outside of WordFinder, how, how were they, they 
you know, originally so- most of the f- first of all, if we go back, it was paper, paper form dictionaries. If we go sure. back, but then in the late eighties, then there came electronic dictionaries like WordFinder on diskettes and so on. That was some uh, CD-ROM very early. Uh, But it was the publishing houses that tried to sell it like a book. So this was probably sold still in the bookshop, but it was diskettes or or CD-ROM. The problem for the publishing houses uh, in the 90s when we tried to license from them was that they... Maybe they got a programmer to make a software for them, a Windows software. They put some dictionaries in there, and then they they produced maybe 10,000 copies, like they do with a book. And then they put it 10,000 copies in the storage and put it in the bookkeeping that we have a storage of 10,000 uh, right. copies of this program. And then Microsoft made a change, and all these 10,000 copies w- 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 with errors couldn't be sold anymore. Right. So they had to throw that away. The difference, what we did was that we we had the disks or the CD-ROM. We only produced 50 at a time. So, so we have orders from a supplier all the time. So, And from the beginning, we had the software on one diskette and then the dictionaries on other diskettes. So if Microsoft made a change, we could just throw that away, the, the program disk, and, it, and replace it with 50 new program disks. And Got we it. packaged the software the same day it was sold. So we so, never prepackaged anything. So the software and the dictionary were, were two separate uh, uh, in, units, right? In the beginning, it was that, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we yeah. sold it at two, two separate units. So we, you bought the software, one price. You bought the dictionaries you wanted, another price. If you wanted two dictionaries, you could buy that, or three dictionaries. So there was one price on each dictionary, Sure. usually the same price, and but you both had to buy the software to be able to use the dictionary. Which is brilliant, because the software could keep evolving while the dictionaries were a static format. Yeah. So so you mentioned over 500 dictionaries. Yeah. Um, Actually, today just... it's 547 today. Because wow. I checked earlier today. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so uh, out of curiosity, obviously, you know, there are other dictionaries that, that either you did not choose or do not have within the solution. Um, how, how many dictionaries are there in the world? I mean, do you have oh, I, I, that must be I mean, a lot. Thousands? Um, or Yeah, many thousands. I, I, okay, so you need the, to be selective to find the I, I, I absolutely need to be selective because there are... For example, we only choose the largest dictionary. So if you go to one publishing house, for example, for example, they they could have maybe five different um, French German dictionaries, just as an example, right. because there are a school dictionary for s- smaller kids, then for uh, high school kids, and then for uh, others, college students, and then for uh, professors, and and you know all this. But we only focus on the largest one because it suits everyone from high school and up, even though. Makes sense. Uh, and also always the largest one because we don't need to think about size. When you create a book, it's always the size that is important. If you have this size with only 30,000 keywords, it can be cheaper, of course, than if you have 160,000 keywords because that book is much bigger, much cost more to print. But when you have it on your computer, it doesn't matter. Uh, if, if you sell the large one or, or the small one, you can have the same price anyway. So we always pick the 
the large one. So you always get that. And today, the space is no problem anymore. The, the Collins largest, uh, Collins English Dictionary, or Collins Spanish uh, English Dictionary, complete and unabridged, several hundred thousand words. It's wow. 60 megabyte, 60 megabyte on the heart. And it's nothing today. Yeah, nothing uh, right. by today's standards. So can, can you give an idea... Um, the solution itself, you mentioned a lot of different, um, you know, specialized dictionaries. Can you give an example or a few uh, case studies of some different entities that are using the solution and how how they're using it and, and, and the like, and maybe some metrics? I don't have any metrics uh, here, but, but we have a, a lot of large uh, corporations that, that use very specialized uh, dictionaries. Sure. We have a lot of sawmills, for example, in in Sweden, and and paper uh, factory that creates paper. So they use the paper dictionary, of course. Got it. We we have nuclear energy plants that use the uh, nuclear energy uh, terminology. Uh, we have uh, like AstraZeneca medical, and of course they use medical dictionaries. Uh, in Scandinavia, have, we have most of the. Uh, Law firms and all the um, uh, attorneys, uh, and of course they use specialized legal dictionaries and specialized financial dictionaries with all the terminology for for an accountant. Sure, no, it's very, mm-hmm. very, very exciting, and and obviously with the range of specialized dictionaries, the number of of uh, markets that the product has has an application for is just. Endless, you know. It seems yeah, like, and we uh, we we recently launched a, a, a new dictionary, German English English German, just for automotive terminology. A huge dictionary, but just for automotive. And of course, we, there is a lot of car manufacturers in in Germany that we hope that we can sell these to. They will use sure. the the uh, automotive dictionary. So a lot of these. Um you know, different dictionaries within the unlimited, you know, set could be used, let's say, within an organization by many different departments and many different individual users in different ways. Absolutely, like. because because every user can pick their own dictionary list. So it's not like the, the company is doing that. Every individual can do that because some may want to have Spanish to English and another one would have French to English. And it, they can take the specialized dictionaries there. And then, of course, when you go on a holiday, then you, you take your mobile phone and, and you're going to Mexico. So you download the, the Spanish-English dictionary and you have that with you when you're traveling. Very interesting. Very interesting. And overall, in terms of, um, you know, the solution itself and, and different ways in which companies can license the product... Um, is it licensed for the whole company or per user, or is it a flexible model, or how, how does that uh, work? The price is always per user, but of course, if it's a large corporation, the use the price per user is of course less than if a single user license uh, got it uh, buys it. But you always uh, count per user. Okay, and how would you say you know in terms of? Raising the awareness of the platform. Um, how, how do you get the word out there about WordFinder? What, what is uh, typical for your, your marketing and strategy? It's, it's social media, uh, conferences, um, 
a lot of translations conference I, I, I go to to get the translators uh, to use the software because translators, even though we have a lot of different type of clients, translators are the client that are using all the functionality. And it's often translators that give you a request of new features so that we all sure. the time can, can make it better and better and better. Uh, that comes from the translator. So uh, a, a user at the large so corporation. Really power users. Yeah. Th- that are our, our power users are the translators. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Mm. And in terms of, do, do you find existing users refer other users? Is that common? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Especially in the, uh, all the law firms in, in Sweden. I think we have all of them. So they, they have been talking to each other. That's for sure. Sure. No, I mean, you know, if you think about it, it, it truly is for any any company, any organization, a, a competitive advantage to have, you know, a, a solution that uh, helps them to excel in in, in words. You know, that's uh, that's really a, a key to it. Um, and how would you say the growth and adoption of WordFinder has been? You know, since launching the solution on the internet, how how has that uh, changed your trajectory? Yeah, it's been it's been growing all the time, uh, and it's. Uh, but so far, we most of our clients are in, in Scandinavia and the Western Europe. Uh, we have a lot of clients in the U.S., but it's mostly translators in the U.S. and and South America. Sure. Uh, so we would like more corporations and and schools and universities on the American market. Uh, so we need to uh, get more into the the American market. Well, it's our, our hope to help you uh, help yeah. you get there. From, <laughs> I look from, forward to that. <laughs> yeah, from this end of it. Um, I know we've we've been uh, chatting about the solution, but I'm sure you know a lot of the listeners are are going to check it out. We'll leave a, a link in the show notes. But it would be great if you could uh, do a screen share and give us a high level overview of of the solution, so people can visually see what uh, WordFinder looks like for, for all of our, our viewers that are on uh, on video, and uh, that would be great. I'll be happy to do that. I'll, I'll share my screen here. Sure. So here we have WordFinder. With Control-Shift, WordFinder comes up on the screen. Okay. With Escape, it goes away again. Perfect. And so it's really easy. Anywhere you are, you press Control-Shift, WordFinder comes up on the screen, and with Escape, it goes away again. So I'm going to show it together with a word processor. So I have Word here. Okay. Let's say let's say I'm a Spanish-speaking person writing in English. Do you see that, or should I make it I, larger? Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. So let's say let's say I'm a broker. I don't know what broker is in English. So I press Control Shift. WordFinder comes up on the screen. We see on top that we are in Collins Spanish English Dictionary. And I write the Spanish word agente. I find agente, and you see a lot of translations here, agente de bolsa with the translation stockbroker. This is the word I want. You see that all the words that are light purple here are pasteable into the application I open WordFinder from. And in this case, it's Word. So I just double click on stockbroker. WordFinder will disappear. Stockbroker will be pasted right into my application, and I can continue to write. I'm a stockbroker in Spain. Yesterday I made, let's say I made a good deal or a good bargain, but I'm not really sure how to express myself. So I press Control-Shift again. 
Word Founder comes up on the screen. I write the Spanish word negocio. I find negocio with the translation business, shop, store, and further down, I see o negocio redondo, a real bargain or a really good deal. You see that the whole phrase is now pasteable. So I can point anywhere on the phrase. I double click. The whole phrase will be pasted right into my application and I can continue to write. Wow. Yesterday, I made a really good deal when I sold my, let's say I sold my trousers, but I'm not sure which word to use. So I can write pantalon here in the text and I just highlight that. And then I press the hotkey, control shift, and it looks up pantalon for me. And in this case, maybe I would like the American word pants. So I just double click on pants. Pantalon would be changed into pants. And then I'm ready with my test. So it's really, really easy to work with. That's really powerful. You make and, it look so easy, but uh, I know there's it, a lot of tech behind the scenes. Yeah, it is. It is easy to use it. Then, as I talked about before, that you can you make your own dictionary list. Here you see all the dictionaries that are available. So if you want, okay. for example, uh, let's say you want English into German, here are all the English-German dictionaries. So you have... So really and if easy you want to select and, and yeah. to view the different, different options. And you see here that this dictionary is downloaded. This icon means that it's downloaded on my computer. This okay. dictionary is still in the cloud. But right. if I want to download it, I just click on it and it will be downloaded and I will have it offline. And I can be on a train or a plane and <clears> use the software without uh, needing to think about the rooming charges or if I have a good uh, internet connection. That that's a really great uh, point because I just just like uh, Spotify where you can download your your tunes you know same I- idea here with your dictionaries actually so. we we have looked very much at Spotify and tried to do <laughs> a dictionary tool that is very very similar and you know uh, the funny thing is I, I think a lot of a lot of uh, the younger generation may admit to having a Spotify uh, subscription. They may not admit to having a WordFinder subscription. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they will, though. Yeah. I can also show you the, the translation part. So this is sure. when you're creating a text, you want to write something, or if you're reading a text and you want to look up a word, you just highlight that and look it up. But you can also use this for... Uh, let's see here if I... Are you still there? I am, yes. Yeah, good. So I have a, we have a client called uh, Tetra Pak, which creates packages, everything from juice and milk packages and everything. And here are they, their Japanese site. So, yeah. and, and if there is a text I don't understand, I can just highlight this. Press the hotkey again. So if you mark more than three words, it will look it up in the translation engine instead of in the dictionary engine. Okay. You, you can choose, if you want five words instead, you can choose that uh, on your own. But I have three words, and I've marked more than three words here. So if I press Control-Shift now, it goes into the Japanese. Now, I was I had a Turkish presentation this morning, so it went to translate it to Turkish. But if we now choose it to American English, I get this translation in American English right away. So it's really, wow. really efficient uh, to work with. Um, this translation part includes 100,000 credits, which is 100,000 carats, uh, uh, characters when you subscribe to WordFunnel Unlimited. And then you can add more credits. So you see I have my credits down at the bottom here. 
So if you use it a lot, uh, you can add credits. So I would say you were one of the pioneers in uh, in licensing. You know, to be honest, I think so too. Yeah, I've been licensing a lot a lot of parts uh, for the software and also for the dictionaries, of course. So, so let me ask you: um, over the last um, year or so, are, are there a handful of updates and and new things that have been added to the solution that you're really proud of that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, absolutely. This is one. The translation part that I showed you was actually launched in October last okay. year, so it's it's really new. Um, we also launched last year that you can import your own glossaries. So if you're it could be in a corporation, you've created the corporate terminology uh, for your business. You might have it in a, an Excel sheet or you might have it a terminology database, uh, which might be very uh, complex for the ordinary user to use. But then you can export it from that solution and import it into WordFinder and you will have your corporate terminology available at the same time. So you, you create a group with your own terminology on top, of course, with a higher priority. Then you maybe have a technical dictionary and the general dictionary at the bottom. And then WordFinder will search in all these three dictionaries at the same time. So it could be a corporation that has a corporate terminology. It could be a single translator that has a glossary for each client. So they sure. can import that into WordFinder, which is much easier than looking in another form, in another tool uh, to look it up. So it's... Uh, there are two updates that we did last year to be able to import your own glossaries and the translation part that I'm really proud of. Yeah, those, those sound like a, a couple of really nice enhancements to the solution. Um, and then the other uh, question I had in terms of um, you know either expansion or, or new updates and things that you see on the horizon, is, is there anything that you can share with us uh, that's on your roadmap or... Uh, yeah, there are parts. We have the glossaries, the corporate glossaries. We have the translation. We want to connect this so that the translation part is using the corporate terminology. That is not done yet. That is something that I really uh, would like to do over the next, hopefully this this year. That Very nice. If you put in your corporate terminology, then the translation engine would look at the corporate terminology and pick those words that you've decided that your corporation should use. Very nice. No, and, and obviously, you know, um, a lot of the, the feedback and, and, you know, updates and things like that are accessible to any of the users that are on the platform. So that that's nice to see that um, even, even after all these years, you're still innovating. So that's, that's exciting. Well, um, you need to do that all the time because everything else is, has been innovated. There are new versions of Windows and Office and everything, so we need to keep up. Microsoft is actually creating the speed in this business. Uh, sure. So we just need to keep up. And Apple, of course, as well, and Amazon, and we need to keep up. And are there any particular dictionaries that you're hoping or, or new languages that you're hoping to expand into? Uh, you have we are looking at... We have just signed a distribution agreement with a partner in uh, Turkey. So we are at the moment, we're discussing with the Turkish publishing houses uh, to get Turkish dictionaries because we haven't had that in the past. So that is the plan uh, for this year. Uh, we, re we recently 
uh, sign agreement with a Polish company. So we are still in the startup phase there. We need to get Polish dictionaries uh, and the sales in Poland. Uh, we, we, we need to get that up and running. And also Japan. We have had a business in Japan for uh, one and a half year. And it's still very slow. So we need to sure. speed that up. Uh, so it will be Japanese, Polish and Turkish is what we really will focus on this year. Yeah, so I, I would think that with the solution being so mature, and, and that, that's an understatement, um, that really the, the largest opportunity is really just expanding market share. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but, but it's difficult to market in, in, like, I don't have any knowledge of the Turkish market or the sure. Japanese market. So you need to have partners, need partners. to do this marketing in these areas. And, uh, but to in- incorporate more dictionaries is really... It's really easy for us. So sure. we, we just need to get contacts with the publishing houses uh, for, for, for example, Japanese and Turkish sign agreements and then add it into the solution. And then we just need partners to sell. No, very nice. And, and I know, um, obviously, you'll have the opportunity on one of our upcoming uh, AI webinars to get in front of uh, a lot of uh, new, uh, new clients and, and potential uh you know, users of, of word finder. So I think that's exciting on, on our end. Uh, and it's, it's always uh, interesting to have a solution that, that is um, something that can, can really add value to a lot of different organizations and, and users at, at a different level. And it's clearly something that, that is uh, unique and not a me too type of product. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Absolutely. And for the, for the American market, uh, all the dictionaries we have, not all, but most of the dictionaries we have are two and from English. Sure. So there will be a huge, huge number value. of dictionaries that, that have English as one uh, language. Uh, and so for an organization in the U.S., not only if they are writing in German and Spanish and, and French and, uh, and Scandinavian, for example, but also if they have people that are coming from other countries, uh, expats for example they can still use it for the native language i know in the u.s there is a lot of people that have spanish as their native language and all those people that have spanish they can use the spanish english dictionaries all the time while they're working if there is a word they don't know in in english or the other way around they can just check it up with the hotkey right away and and they get these words very very easy and let me ask you, are, are colleges and universities a, uh, a, a market for the solution? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's, really, it's a really big market. And we have really good prices for, for schools and universities. Much lower prices than for corporations because we want it to be used in schools by students. Because they they do it to learn a language, not to sure. produce something. So, so. Um, we have like Gothenburg University, Stockholm University. They bought it for all, all the students have Wordfinder. Very exciting. And and something you shared with me early on in, in one of our early discussions, I did not realize, but uh, my alma mater, I, I actually went to Babson College here in, in the U.S. in Wellesley, Mass. And, and you shared to me that you had uh, taken an executive education class there. Yeah. And was, I w- was really happy to be there. And I, I would have liked to study there. I would really like to. We, we had some lectures there and 
really interesting marketing lectures that I really appreciate. Yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic uh, university, you know, here in the U.S. for business and and the like. And uh, recently, a few years back, they actually extended the campus to uh, to add uh, the Olin uh, Center, which or or, or the um, engineering uh, segment of, of the university, but. Mainly, the school is noted as as one of the top uh, business colleges here in the U.S. So, very interesting, and especially I'll, I'll, for entrepreneurs, I I know absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. and and I, I think I fit the bill. This is my third startup, so yeah. <laughs> there, there, there you go. But uh, no, and I think uh, you know that gives us a, a really good high level overview of, of WordFinder. Um, now, you also mentioned that in addition to the offline dictionary and capability obviously there's the online solution but then you mentioned a, an android and an ios app um so those are you know there are available is all as of well. that included in the one subscription or all everything is included so f- for the apps for the mobile apps you just go to to app store or google play and download the word finder app and then you just log in with your username and password once and then okay. you have it on your phone all the time. And then, like I showed you, to download dictionaries, like I showed you from the Windows version, looks almost the same in the mobile phone. So you can download the dictionaries on the phone, which sure. makes it the search is much faster than if it's online. Because if it's online, maybe you you go into a building and the the connection is not that good, and it takes three seconds to search a word when you sure. want it instantly. Uh, so and, and also, if you are on a train or on a plane, you can be searching on your phone because you have downloaded the dictionary you're working with on your phone. Got it. And for my grandmother, do you still have a copy of the DOS version available for her? Mm, I have to look in our storage if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. But um, and then, <laughs> very last question: um, as far as the market uh, itself, for the type of solution. Um, can you give me an idea of you know some of the trends that you see in the market uh, or in your segment of the market? What what you're seeing at a high level? What I see is that people are talking about uh, a lot about um, artificial intelligence and and how they should use that in the organization. And a lot of people don't really know how they should use it, and they are not really aware of that. Uh, if they just go to ChatGPT and so on, everything is in the cloud. It's open. They reuse everything you you write. And if you're working in an organization where you have corporate secrets and so on, you should not use this type of, of AE tools, but use WordFinder instead because the translation engine that I showed you, everything is encrypted. As soon as you... You press escape and you leave that window. Everything is deleted from the server and everything. There is n- no trace of what you just translated. It's only on your own computer that you stored the translation. Otherwise, there is nothing. And, and I, that that is clearly a huge, important detail for enterprise uh, use of the solution, understanding that it's not um, something that's taking any of their corporate data and putting it into any kind of a, a database. So it's it's absolutely uh, unique and um, offline. 
Very nice. Very nice. So I think that that's important. So, well, at a high level, I really appreciate your taking the time out today to uh, give our, our listeners uh, a good overview of the word finder solution. Uh, we'll leave a, a link in the show notes for anybody that would like to get set up with, uh, with a uh, copy of word finder. And um, one last detail, just uh, the, the, off the shelf for someone that wants to get up and running and subscribe to the solution. Um, how would they decide which version to get started with and what are the costs? Uh, the good thing is that if they go, uh, you, you probably have a link that they can click on after yeah. here. So, and when they come to our site, uh, they can choose either to subscribe on one dictionary, two dictionaries, or all the dictionaries. All the dictionaries WordFinder Unlimited. Otherwise, it's WordFinder one or WordFinder two. Okay. One one dictionary is five ninety nine US dollar a month. Okay. Two dictionaries are seven ninety nine US dollar a month, okay. and all the dictionaries are eleven ninety nine dollars a month. Wow. So what for eleven ninety nine dollars a month, you get all the dictionaries and all the application in, in for. WordFinder 1 and WordFinder 2, you also get all the applications, but you only get one dictionary, and you need to pick that dictionary from the list, and you can only pick once, and then next month you can choose change if you want to, but otherwise you can only pick one, one dictionary. So I suggest that everybody should have uh, all the dictionaries, of course, because then you sure. can search in several dictionaries at the same time. The good thing also, if when you come to our website, there is a seven-day free trial. So... When you start subscribing, you can just go in after, if you don't like it, if there is anything you, you don't like, you can unsubscribe within seven days and we won't charge anything. Wonderful. And, and I have to say, I've used the solution and I've tested the product and uh, we actually have a review that we did on the, the website. So I'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well. But uh, really amazing uh, what you and your team have put together It really Adds a lot of value to the world, and I think that's uh, that's the most important uh, detail. So um, I want to let everybody know that coming up on our next episode of Software Spotlight, we have uh, Max Limerting. He's the co-founder of Talos Growth, a service that helps LinkedIn users and pages grow their presence by strategically liking posts on their behalf. Uh, Talos Growth enables users to target posts with specific keywords, languages, and existing engagement to get noticed by and connect with relevant audiences. Under his leadership, Talos Growth leverages automation and optimization to organically expand users' LinkedIn networks and engagement. The service has become popular among personal brand builders, thought leaders, and B2B companies aiming to boost awareness and relationships through the world's largest professional network, LinkedIn. So once again, uh, be sure to visit our website, softwareoasis.com, to access our free weekly AI newsletter and sign up for our upcoming 2024 AI webinar series. So, Ola, thank you for joining us on the Software Spotlight today, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for being invited.